Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast, powered again this week by our great sponsors, Code Sports. I am JB, of course, and I'm joined again this week by Pistol. Hello. A lot of agains this week's JB. Uh, I feel like it's actually the, the, the first time this week, some would say, given it's, you know, the beginning of the week, but... Um, I'm I'm feeling a lot better than last week, that's for sure. Uh, just in terms of my health, not in terms of my actual super coach team. Yeah, so I mean, some would say they're linked. Um, some but, would say that, I guess, incorrectly. I mean, what your your mental health isn't at all linked to your super coach team because oh, mine is. Well, my COVID wasn't linked to my my team. I mean, you don't know that. It's true, I guess. Technically, uh, I, I guess science hasn't proven otherwise. Well, if you own any Sydney Swans players, they literally could have given you COVID when you ran out into the ground for Buddy's goal. Let's, uh, okay, fair, fair point. Moving so, on. Right. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, I'm feeling refreshed after eating those grapes on my couch last week, which is great. Um, uh, I guess we're going to... We've got two Patreon signups, actually. actually that's what we're going to start with. Um, so thank you for joining us in this time of turmoil, as all our teams are, are terrible... Um, from a podcaster's standpoint at the moment. But Simon Jackson and Pranay Asiha, I think that's the correct pronunciation, but please correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, thank you, both of you, very much for joining up. And the, the there was a prize league join up. One of those two just mentioned joined the prize league. Very savvy investment at this time. We've got a Dr. Supercoach mug that goes to our prize league winner of the month. And if you're ranked 
well at all. Um, last season, you pretty much had to be ranked inside the top 50 to get that mug. Uh, this season, 50K. maybe just somewhere in the, in the top <laughs> 10K um, due to our, our start to the season. So very savvy investment there. Um, Pistol, how's your team going? Do you want to talk us through the, the rank and maybe the trades that went happened, went down this week? Oh, yeah. I had a ripper week last week. Um, it was showcased by my uh, extremely positive trade-ins that I'm sure we all had with um, Petrarca mm-hmm. coming in at a very nice uh, point. No, I traded out Hall, obviously, for that injury. Raul and Hinge. I brought in Perez, Hayes, and Petrarca. Um, I was always planning to get Perez um, in because I had forward, I guess, problems that I couldn't bring in Roses um, just that week, which kind of worked out because Roses, as we know, was a laid out. Uh, so yep. that kind of opened up really nicely for me. Um, unfortunately, I looped Durden on field because I didn't want to take Hayes' 16 points, which I uh, tweeted about. Which, which is the right decision, by the way. Look, I had him as... I, I couldn't believe when he got subbed out at 16, I'm like, I've avoided this. This is the best thing that's happened to me. I felt so sorry, obviously, for Jack Hayes. I'm like, I'm going to actually finally have a good week because 40% of the competition of Hayes on field and I don't, and this is my time to shine. All I had to do was sacrifice my captaincy loophole for it. I put Durden on field. I'm like, done. McRae, captain. Durden on field. What could go wrong? Uh, the answer was everything. Um, Durden scored 14, uh, so he scored less than Hayes. And I lost my loophole, so I lost points on the loophole. All of it lost points. Um, yeah, just it was not good. 2 one one five. I've fallen again now every week since the beginning of the year, which is <clears throat> comical, I guess. Um to some consistent maybe not to me down to 40k which again every week i come on saying this is my lowest rank ever but i i guess next week will be my lowest rank ever no no we don't think like that here i I think next week is going to be it's probably not going to be your highest rank ever but it'll be higher (laughs) than this week assuming Um, i get no more injuries Obviously, Grundy's uh, out. Yeah, He's yeah, got the comp- Half my team are just replacing every week with it. Uh, that that might injuries. be a positive move for you getting Gorn back in potentially. So we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, How'd you I, my, I myself, yes. Thank you for asking finally. Um, I'm ranked at 23K. I had a very Shocker. small rise this week. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, essentially, the, the game played on Friday night and I wasn't trading out Grundy. Um, under the stipulation that Proust didn't go massive. But it wasn't just that Proust went massive. It was a few things. So I too looped Jack Hayes, thanks to your messages pre-game. Um, and obviously with the 16, that killed my captain's loophole as well. But I had Proust R3 already because I had to go early on him the week prior to do some other swings and roundabouts um, and avoid fielding terrible rookies for like a fifth week in a row. Uh, it got me my haze on field that week and it got me nod as well. So positive trades. Anyway, um, I had Bruce R3. He scored well. Hayes got injured, which meant he became a trade out, which meant, which meant a lot of things. Um, my F6 particularly was ruined. Um, I lost my captain's loophole. A lot of things happened. So I ended up pulling the trigger on Grundy Friday night after the game. Um, Grundy went out as did Hinge and as did... Um, who was the third guy? Paul, obviously, he got injured. And I got in um, Petrarca, Isaac Heaney, and uh, Roses. And I kept Roses because I thought he was still a better 
um, prospect going forward than, than what the other two rookies were, which was uh, Loman and um, Hobbs. So, look, all all in all, I wish I'd just paid up for Clary, but that's just a definite hindsight call. Um, I think Petrarca is still going to be excellent. I think Heaney's still going to be excellent. He he probably had like a the biggest sixty point eighty point game ever. So it was it was fun <laughs> to see. Uh, could have kicked a goal to go to put that up to nine as well, which he missed, which was a, a bit of a gimme. So look, I, I'm I, I have high hopes for my team. Um, I did hold on to Matt Rowe with those trades as well. So well, it's good to be you. <laughs> I think it's good to be us both. We'll bounce back. Um, it's just before... annoying, I think, JB, because you look at... I'm looking at my side now, um, and I'm thinking, where's it gone wrong? Uh, to be 40K, mm. which is quite far back. I mean, obviously, Whitfield is like a big red flag in my face every week. That's driving me absolutely insane. But, um, you know, Whitfield at D4 is, I guess, relatively common um, in terms of having two rookies still on field down back. I mean, Paddy Cripps is my M7 I have a lot yep. of premium midfielders um, with Horn Francis at M8. You know, this week now I've got Gorn and Proust. I obviously had Grundy and Proust before that. And in the forward line, I've, you know, got the stock standard, the, the you know, Dunkley, Brody, Cornelio, Butters, Sherry, Nick Martin type combo. So the team itself feels good, but every week it's falling further and further away from the top. So. I'm not, I can't quite put my finger on what's going wrong every week. I think it might be a combination of poor captaincies, which have definitely been a thing this season, poor rookie choices again. Um, but I just can't attribute it to like, you know, 200, 300 points every week. So, uh, yeah, still trying to figure out what's happening. Hopefully it's just one a week where I don't cop an injury and then, you know, everyone's back on kind of equal premium terms and, you know, the team starts propelling forwards. But... Um, it is a very kind of frustrating time of year. I mean, do you feel like if you were ranked 40, 50K, would you be trading any differently or how would you go about trying to, I guess, get back into the top couple of thousand? Uh, I guess... The, all right, so the best way to look about this is um, you you want to trade in... The players, and this is going to seem super simplistic, so I'm not trying to mansplain this, but it's as easy as this. You want to trade in the players that are going to score you the most points. and So not necessarily PODs. You shouldn't discriminate as to what their ownership is um, or, or anything like that. It should just be looking at the broad data. And look, some of these players, like you look at Jack Sinclair, for example, other players might be more skeptical on someone like Jack Sinclair which means he actually is a decent one to target to get on while he while everyone else gets convinced that he's actually a premium because I think he is. So, you know, there are there are selections like that, but don't get trapped into the Vlastwins and look, we're going to talk about all these players soon, but um, just as an example, don't get trapped into the guys who have started well and generally don't average well. Look at the role, look at the player and, and make decisions based on who is going to score you the most points. And it's, it's just that easy. So um, I haven't taken centership into account for any of my selections thus far. Um, you, you might, if you like, there might be risk adverse plays like um, Aaron Hall when he comes back, who's really high scoring. That might be a boom <laughs> I'm definitely bust. getting like, Hall again. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think we can probably play that. But um, they're the types of plays that you can sort of, 
I don't want to say afford more when you're low ranked, but it's like you know what Aaron Hall brings to the table and you know the risk that he has. And if you're lowly ranked, he could actually pump you for, like back towards um, a better rank. So I think at the end of the day, though, you're not looking for low percentage players that are just going to plod along or potentially make that next jump. Still identify the Ubers and, and get them into your team. And, and getting a good finishing team, focusing on buys, it's, it, all these things are going to... Um, launch you through the ranks as the year goes on. Um, before we get through too Although much JB, of the podcast I just, here... I just want to cut cut in to add um, quickly my perspective, obviously being in that situation myself. Um, I think taking a gamble on the value of the trade boosts is something we haven't had before in the past um, yeah, to try and absolutely. help us along. So I guess what I'm doing now is... I'm going to take a gamble that the trade boosts are not going to be basically worth anything later in the season and going to be worth less than we think during the buy. Um, obviously, they're going to have some impact during the buy, but I'm going to take a, a gamble on probably only leaving one for the buy instead of you know like two or three for the buy, burning through the trades earlier to try and generate you know cash faster. Take a bit of a gamble on there being a lack of um, rookies that are you know going to generate us cash. Um, in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully I will be able to get in, you know, more cash generating rookies, be able to upgrade my team quicker. And if there's a lack of rookies for other players uh, in the competition, you know, they, they might only be able to, you know, upgrade more slowly and just being a premium ahead or two premiums ahead because I've burned through all my trades slash all my trade boosts. Um, that might be a way in which I'm able to catch up on, on people much more quickly. So kind of, trying to utilize the new trade boosts and extra trades uh, to my advantage in a strategy on how to, I guess, come back quickly, which obviously might go badly as well, but I think that's kind of my best path forward at this point. Okay. I think your best path forward is not going through the podcast too quickly and instead focusing on the cancer council before (laughs) we go too far through and can't go back. Okay. No, no, fair call. Um, so a big one for the Cancer Council uh, this week, ticking over the $18,000 mark raised. So thanks, everyone, for their donations. We have uh, Scaries or Scaries. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, depending on how you wanted your team name to be. Scaries, I think it is. Scaries. No, Scaries. Okay, sure. Um, thank you very much for your donation. Fantastic job on the amount raised today. Keep up the great work. Uh, including the Supercoach Slack stuff, which we appreciate you for. Um, uh, Bell says, donating for an almost dumb thing. I traded in Proust before making a move in Grundy. I told myself I'd wait for the Port game to have a look at Sam Hayes, not realizing that Dixon also played in that game. A fellow Slacker pointed out to me and saved me the big old headache on arguably the most important trade for my season. Even more important now, I guess, with Grundy being out. Um, or maybe made his team worse because he possibly could have traded out Grundy. Uh, anyway, moving on. Nathan says, uh, drinking and super coaching. Forgot to take the C off McRae to take steel score. That's a bad one. Thank you for your donation. Yeah, that, that one stinks. Sydney says, left the C on Tom Stewart trying to play mind games sent during the second quarter. <laughs> See this. how we go, but pretty dumb. Still outscored McRae, so can't be too upset. Um, yeah. Chris Moy says, thanks to Chizo and Pistol uh, for the idea to bring in Witherden and then captaining him <laughs> butters got oh, gastro uh chris of team gwen Sokrogo crows i think he came 13th for the round with 
a 2514, which is an absolutely monster score. And we were definitely <laughs> rooting for Withered in that game, knowing that he had the captaincy on him, which was just mind blowing. <laughs> Truly, when he's on like 100 at halftime, uh, we were losing our, our minds. Uh, Baloo said uh, a straight Captain McRae instead of VCing him. I mean, that nice. is. It's, that's a bit rough. No one would want a straight Captain McRae. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Banksy. Um, he's donating for a dumb thing. So thank you very much for your uh, contribution to the Cancer Council. Wow, popular week for the Cancer Council. A couple of dumb things. Uh, hopefully no more dumb things, but I guess maybe there'll be donuts next week. I'm not really sure what to expect down back and in the ruck and forward. There, there could be a variety of donations next week. Well, speaking of donuts, Pistol, i got a couple that need trimming. Um, <laughs> that's my segue. <laughs> oh, God. Australian Autumn is here and luckily the sponsors of today's show are Manscaped. They're here to make sure the leaves are falling off the tree as smoothly as possible. Their fourth generation performance package, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, has all the tools required to keep you calm and collated through all the weather uncertainty. Time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DRSC. And always remember, lads, when you trim the weeds, the tree stands taller, which is just life advice right there. I think, um, yeah, it's 20% off with the code DRSC and 20% off once you use it as well. So um, that's, yeah, good advertising marketing. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Actually... um, it took me about five minutes. I wrote it out before the show. I'm pretty proud with how it actually came out. So I appreciate the compliment. So now we're going to jump into the actual podcast. Uh, I think you've waffled enough. I've waffled um, a lot already this podcast. I apologize. Let's blame COVID brain. Um, no. All right. No, we won't. Okay. Um, we're going to go straight to the defenders. Uh, we're going to do position by position, but obviously I think the the, pod, the part of the podcast that's probably going to take up the most time is going to be the rucks. Um, we'll get there. Firstly, with the defenders, look, I wasn't here last week, and in my week off, I like to, to just shut out from you and Chiso because you, you're both pretty annoying in the group chat, but Alex Witherden Yeah, there's, there's no way if you were on the podcast, you would have even let us talk about Witherden. I don't know if that's true, but he's got a 45 break even and he's 400, 570k now. Um, he, he's already made 100k on the season. I know he's not a cash cow, but I just find it super intriguing uh, when players make incredible amounts of money at already pretty high prices. He started at 470. Um, it, it just doesn't, he didn't slow down on the weekend. Uh, in a pretty convincing loss, he put out of 152. Um, and Port Adelaide have been renowned for shutting down opposition halfback flankers. So is he just an ki- absolute kick-out merchant, and is he an Uber, and is he going to finish top six in defense? <laughs> um, yes, no, and yes to all of your things. I think he's going wow. to be a top a top six um, defender. He he looks like prime Jake Lloyd back there. Like they're basically the big key backs, like handball it to him. Um, this was the first week that he's taken more kickouts, um, like comprehensively more kickouts than Hearn. So Hearn only took two 
and Witherden took seven. So there was a big shift. Usually Hearn takes a majority of kickouts. Don't know why that was. Not sure if like McGovern impacted it in any way whatsoever because like last week Hearn pretty much just passed it to Witherden. Um, but yeah, Witherden took the majority of them. He looked amazing. Like he would be running around the back behind the big key backs who would handball it to him. He'd kick it out. He would basically be... The, the outlet out of the back line, kind of like Aaron Hall is. It wasn't just North that Melbourne. though, was it? He w- he was getting his own footy as well, which is like that. That's that's the part with Witherden where I think if he's able to add that to his game, he goes from you know a flat one hundred average to wow, he could go one hundred five and even up to one ten with the kickouts. There were plenty of times I noticed in a contest around the half back line, um, he he would just. Like get a little, he'd be on the end of the pack, and he'd dribble out to him, and he'd get the handball out. Like, and, and I'm like, I've never seen Withan do that ever. Like, usually he just waits behind the goals for the, for a kick out, and like that's his positioning on the field. Um, but I think he's really improved his game around the ground as well, which is like in, incredibly promising in terms of his uber capabilities. Well, he's now scored one twenty seven, one thirty four, one fifty two in his last three. Um, which you probably notice a trend that is only getting higher. So based on that, I oh think it's, it's safe to say if it's that going keeps to go getting higher, we're not going to be able to afford him. Yeah, <laughs> Look, it, he, it's, it is quite ridiculous to have a defender with a three-game average of 137, especially because like he's playing as a defender, not as a midfielder. Um, I looked at him, and as we mentioned earlier, like he had, I think it was a 99 or 98 point first half. He was absolutely on fire from the get-go. Um I would be surprised if he went sub-100 from this point onwards. I know they've got tough fixtures that I mentioned last week. After this week, Richmond's a good matchup. they got Brisbane and Melbourne in a row, um, which is probably not great. But we saw how many, I guess, kickouts Melbourne conceded. Yeah, I mean, um, sure, and Gibkiss just went pretty well against Melbourne. Exactly, so right. Maybe so it's not too bad. If you're on the majority of the kickouts against these teams who are pumping out you know, high scores against you, if they don't kick straight, you're probably going to have a good game in the end. So I think whether who Who didn't turn up in the Tigers' backline? Because Lustwin and... <laughs> Broad did. Um, Broad also turned up, and so did Shaw and Gibkiss. That's four tons from their defense. Yeah, it's uh, that's, that's, unreal. that's pretty unbelievable. I think... Um, yeah, I, I don't know really what more to say. It's like with, with it, it's the most random, like high scoring. I mean, he's averaging 116. He's in 0.9 percent of teams. Like it, it's unbelievable. Uh, if you can afford him this week, I definitely think it is a, a good trade in. But it's just like a really random trade in as well. And he's got a good buy. I guess around 13 buys. Every premium we talk about seems to have around 12 or around 14 buys. So it's nice to talk about around 13 premium. Oh, someone who's priced similarly, uh, Jack Sinclair, 570k, also made 100k to this point. Um, Break-even is actually normal, though, because he hasn't had back-to-back-to-back, like, 130s. Um, he comes up against Port, which we I mean, we just saw with it and do okay against him, them. But um, what do you think about him? Because, I mean, he hasn't subbed this year. What, what we think about him is, is, is probably not going to be, like, we don't see him subtunning for the entire season, but also not going to be like, how, how can you possibly argue that he's going to go sub 100 at this point? He's just performing a week in and week out. He's kind of looking like a year after prime Jake Lloyd 
Um, <laughs> he's basically... Is, every, is everything just in terms of Jake yes, Lloyd's career? Basically. The <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear your Pendles take then. Wait until you hear my, my Jake Lloyd take. Um, so I think he's <laughs> kind of a player that's not going to have as high of a ceiling. I think he's going to be like a pretty consistent uh, 105 to like 115 scorer. I mean... He, it's not really a hot take. He's already had four of his scores between 112 and 116. So, like, he's just peppering that mark over and over again. Yeah. And it completely looks sustainable. The way that he's been playing the last three weeks in, the, in that back line as a pure defender, he pretty much just runs around doing, like, short 25-meter kicks, kind of like what Caleb Daniel, I guess, was doing um, at Bulldogs a couple of years ago when he was a premium defender. He just, like, does, yeah, short 25-meter bullet passes, then they get, you know, then players will wait for him to run past, they handball it back to him, and then he does it again. You know, another 25-meter bullet pass, and they really use him. He has, like, really high usage out of the St. Kilda back line. So I definitely think that he looks, eye test-wise, passes with flying colors. Um, I think it's he's definitely going to be a top-six defender at this rate. And again, looks like he'll average 105 to 110-ish. So... He's probably not amazing value. He's probably priced pretty fairly, but he definitely looks like somebody I'm going to want to bring into my side, but I might have to wait till after the buy now. I'll be shocked if he doesn't have a 60 or 70 in him at some point. I don't know he's going to be consistent and consistent and good through um, 90% of the year, but he's not. I don't feel like he's just suddenly become impervious to an average score. Um, We might see it against Paul, who typically hold halfbackers down unless you're with it. Um, but even with the halfbackers we held down, May still went massive because of the kickout. So I suppose if you're on kickouts against us, you're going to score fine. Otherwise, I think it's just a, a little he's bit more difficult. He's taking more and more kickouts every week. He took six yeah, last week. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to say he's like guaranteed to score bad, but I think one week in the next 10, he's going to have a, a nice sub 80 score, for example. Like he, he still feels like that type of guy. Like I'm only saying that for people Look, who I don't are think so. worried so about we'll, being priced we'll out. On <laughs> okay, um, I'm I'm saying that just for people who are worried that they're just priced out now for the season. 570k is expensive. Look, every player pretty much. Like, would you have said Short is is capable of a sub 60? No, not a sub 60. Like it, it just happens that the variance just catches up to them, and like they they, they put out a sub ton, and that's sometimes enough to just jump on it. You know, five thirty, five twenty, just a bit more of a an easier price to the stomach. Five seventy just seems none just of seems these like he's a little bit overs. Defenders, none of the defenders can really hold their price at five seventy just no, because they don't no, have no, that no. consistency in their game, as you're saying. So they yeah, they do correct. fall to like five fifty, and you you're trying to pick them off when you can try and hopefully get them a little bit cheaper. Like if you didn't have Jaden Short, um, you know, next week or this week is obviously going to be a good time to pick him up at 520K. You know, it's a bargain. But um, I think the thing with these breakout defenders like Witherden and um, Sinclair, it was the same as Rich last season where he ends up being a really solid pick just because he was taking such a large percentage of the kick-ins and got a lot of the ball and high usage from that Brisbane back line. And I just see a lot with these guys where they have that, you know, really high floor because they have such high usage and they have the kick-ins that they just suddenly become like these uber premium backmen. Um, you know, I wish we had kind of identified it a bit, a bit earlier to get them at cheap, you know, cheaper prices. But uh, I guess for most of these guys, we have to wait to pick them off after their buy. Well, Rich has been a picture of inconsistency. We might as well pivot over to him. He's had 
um, subtan tan subtan tan subtan tan on the weekend he was on about 30 at half time did not look like going close to the ton um, but then showed exactly why owners started him he had a 76 point second half um, and, and looked it was good. incredible was doing <laughs> so every <good>. single <laughs> thing that you would possibly have decided to start him for um, the problem is he's got a 112 break even um, it's not even it's a problem the solution is he's got a 112 break even you can watch him again this week against Sydney who are typically uh, quite a defensive side in terms of uh, super coach points that they give up um, watch him again against Sydney this week and, and you can make your mind up as to whether he's a fallen premium or if he just doesn't quite have his mojo this season. Um, it's really difficult to... I, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot because I own him. Um, I've been watching him like a hawk. It's really difficult to ascertain where the drop-offs has, has come from. I don't think it's less kickouts as, as being the major factor. I think it's a lot of luck-based. Like he, he sat on the bench for far too long in that first quarter maybe that's the issue um but the only the, the time that he was on the bench for three out of the four behinds were kicked for that term um and it just feels unlucky it feels like he, he should have been on about 45 at half time instead of 30 so um i, I don't know I, like I, i'm not saying that he's strictly unlucky he's a great pick but he's definitely one to watch and as an owner um, I'm just never trading a guy out who's averaging 95. Like, he, he's averaging enough to be my D6 at worst. Um, he did look worse at halftime, but he brought it back. If he can, even if he's a really difficult watch for the rest of the season, um, he'd have to get significantly worse for me to have to trade him out. For 50k more, I'd probably pay up for like a Withan or Sinclair who have potential to go, you know, yeah, 110 agreed. plus. But if you're doing if, it this week, for sure. If. In the future, which I can see happening, is you get these Withers and Sinclair types at 570 and Rich falls to like 480. Um, I think then there's a much stronger conversation that we have to pick Rich and save 90K um, compared to you know paying up for one of those guys. But that's a, a bridge we'll cross when we get to it. 520 is cheap. Um, I, I think if he has another ton this week and, and you watch and you enjoy his role, which should be slightly better with Zorko moving up the field and uh, Coleman going into defense... Just see what happens this week. Um, you could assess him as a pretty good upgrade target next week at about 515k with a with a nice ton um, back to back in a row. So well, it just um, takes two bad scores in a row for him to drop to like 480. The problem is he keeps going like good score, bad score, good score, bad score. Good, yeah. So his price keeps remaining constant. So we don't really get much. He's not dropping anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Nick Vlastwin is the next one. Um, he, I mean, you want to you look me at your cheap thoughts. Uh, Tell me your thoughts on him, JB. I know you I mean, you like he, him. He's, he's the cheapest guy that we've discussed so far. Um, I think this is just... A, like, and the problem is, is we're going to have egg on our face immediately because he's got West Coast this week and everyone's scoring well against West Coast. But I, I just think he's just a not very good pick. He scored 98 against the Crows, which is great. He had a huge game against Melbourne, but he has been known to have huge games in the past. That doesn't all of a sudden make him an uber-premium top-six guy. He will have extremely high variance throughout the season until he proves otherwise, and he's not proven anything after two games. So, look, if you're confident enough to get him after two games, um, power to you, I guess. But he's going to raise 90K probably in the next couple of weeks with... 
um, a couple of scores of, let me just see what the, the prod score. Okay, with a couple of tons, he can raise 90K in the next two weeks. Even then, at least he'll have proven it to you. He'll still be cheaper than um, Sinclair and all those guys. If he is top six, which I highly doubt he is, but if he is, just please give it another fortnight and just and just suss it out and watch him closer. Um, I just think it was an anomaly game for the Richmond defenders. The ball was just parked down there. Um, and they were just able to pass it around a lot, and a lot of players scored well. This is his equal highest score of all time. Just fun fact for you. Thank you. That was fun. What do you think of Rustin? So last season, he did put out like three or four big 115-plus scores, and then he had like a score in the 30s and two scores in the 70s. So we definitely could be seeing you know those positive um, variant scores and then he, he could definitely revert there's just something really strange in the uh, Richmond backline at the moment as you said four players scoring tons Nathan Broad averaging over 100 this season mm. from someone who you would think would average like in the 60s uh, yeah I'm not sure what's in the water down there I'm, I wouldn't rule it out but uh, I feel very uncomfortable going early it's not like 460 is super cheap like if it was a 390k punt I'd feel like, yeah, okay, I could maybe be convinced into talking into it because it's even, it's more of an awkward price point, but you're just paying so much less. Um, a 460 just feels like you may as well buy a premium. I would love to know your thoughts on this next guy. His break even is 120. He's 445K. He's Lockie Whitfield, yet to turn up this year. He's got two scores in the nineties. Um, he he did the he did the thing that he likes to do to owners, and he had a big last quarter. I think he had thirty five points in the last quarter. Yeah, he went from yeah about thirty to sixty five. Yeah, so he did that thing where he moved to the wing and had a good last quarter. And I think every game this year, he's been looking at a worst a worse score. And moved positions and salvaged it as like a 70 or a 90, like with just a couple of things, a, a quarter here or there, or a couple of good acts during the game. Like he he is just teetering along and, and dragging every owner with him at the moment. And it's the worst possible, it's the worst imaginable thing in Supercoach because not being able to get rid of guys that you, you know aren't going to be good but keep on teasing you is just extremely painful to follow um i mean this guy's got to go right if you if you can possibly get him out of your squad like five weeks ago you just do it if you can do it now you just do it right oh jb you're not gonna argue for whitfield right now i'm argue not gonna for whitfield it. i just like a way to ruin your super coach week in the first game of the rounds like it's painful yeah. i'm watching this guy in the first game of the round i'm excited i'm like yep my team looks good. Going to have a good week. And then he's on like 19 at halftime. And I'm like, how do I keep playing this game? Um, he was on, yeah, 30 at three-quarter time. And this is in back-to-back weeks, mind you. Actually, I think it's three weeks in a row he's been on track for a sub-40 score. Sub-40. Yep. And then managed to pull out like a somewhat respectable, now getting less than respectable score this week in a 65. I mean, JB, the problem is... I have way too big fish to fry <laughs> than to fix Whitfield at the moment with Grundy's injury. Like I'm not in, I'm not shopping right now to upgrade Whitfield. It's just so far from where I'm, what I'm able to do in my team. Like my priorities are probably trading out Grundy, um, 
I guess for me personally, I, I, I had a lot of money in the bank so I can get Gorn quite easily and I can also still get Oliver. So I'd be doing that before upgrading, you know, Lucky Whitfield to somebody. Um, but if you're going to do it, this week where he's got a break-even of 120 is a pretty good week to do it. The thing that I'll argue though, JB, is after he falls this week and he's down to like the 420 mark, He's kind of priced at what he's averaging, and then he just hovers at like 400 yeah, to 420. So you may as well hold him to the buy and then just sell him during the buys instead because he can't lose any more money than he's already lost. So I think many people with him are going to be like me. You're going to have bigger problems to fry, and that means for us suckers, we've got to just hold on to him until the buys, and it's going to be painful every single week. By the way, you don't fry problems. You fry fish. Um but yes, I've I agree. Brain fried. There will be bigger fish to fry. Um, <laughs> he, he's he, he's easily the worst player in the competition to watch. <laughs> it's I, so frustrating. And, and, it's, and it's worse because you know how capable he is. And um, I he think, shows I it. feel shows like glimpses. he's going to score a 150. I'm like, every time I watch him, I'm like, every this is week, the game. Yeah. He's going to go 150. And then he puts and he out. he always starts well. And then points. just dribbles. It's so weird. Um, look, I'll, I'll tell everyone that's an owner right now. If you don't quite have the same issues that everyone else is facing this week and you do find yourself like, oh, should I, should I waste the boost to get rid of Whitfield? The answer is yes. <laughs> um, not just not just because he's a, a god-awful pick um, and he's really, really bad at football, but it actually he's not actually even bad at football. I take that back. I think it's 90% roll. But um, he it, watching the game, watching the GWS game is like night and day between owning and not owning Lockie Whitfield as someone who owned him and traded him out already. Like, I enjoy watching GWS at the moment and they've got so many fun guys. You've got Tom Green. Like, you can barely even enjoy watching him play because Whitfield's in the game. I have Canelio scoring 91, Proust scoring 117, Tom Green scoring 108 and then I'm still not enjoying myself because I have Whitfield. (laughs) Look, for, for your mental health, um, and I, I would recommend people, if possible, to, to get him out. Um, this might improve your mental health. I'm going to trade him to Hall, be able to make this trade. JB. When Hall's fit, I'm trading Whitfield to Hall. No, 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 no. I've got a suggestion. <laughs> I've got a suggestion. Just bide your time. Yeah. And you want to trade in this guy, Scott Pendlebury, 538K. <laughs> um, break even about on the nose of, of what he's prodged this week. So that's fine, 106. Um, just the two subtons he with an 87 and a 98, he's going to have extre- an extremely high floor. Uh, and not just that, but we will see his ceiling at some point this year. He is seagulling for three quarters and then getting thrown into the CBAs um, yeah. in the last quarter. And he's like a sub. Like, he hasn't busted his gut for the entire match. He goes into those CBAs for that last quarter and has a genuine impact and looks like prime pendles. Um, he's, he's pretty much running against guys who have played much, much more grueling games than what he has. Uh, and, and it shows that he looks younger when he's back in there. So um, he might have the best role in, in Supercoach right now, but he's not quite put it together for a big score. Um, I just think it's going to happen. Do you think he's a top six? You've already announced about five top six defenders to this podcast. Um, is Pendles in the discussion? I think he's a fringe top six. I, I feel like the other ones we've talked about could very well be like in the top you know, four, um, yep. whereas he's really in that six, seven, eight, type range i agree with what you're saying roll wise really good it makes his floor super high he does take kick-ins which again all these guys have in common um i think he's just a really safe kind of 100 to 105 defender and sometimes that's all you need and he's not too expensive as well so 
he he gets the, the tick of approval from me. Yeah, uh, pretty much the exact same. I think he's going to be he's going to hover at this price. Um, he might have an 80 at some point where yeah. he just doesn't get thrown into the midfield, drops it a little bit, around 500k. When we're making upgrades, it might just be, do I get Pendles um, and Jack Steele or do I get Sinclair and um, I don't know who's Brayshaw. someone that will hover, like Brayshaw. Um, and I think the answer's... Uh, it's going to be a tough one, but I think the answer will probably be Pendles at that point. So I think we're going to have an opportunity to get Pendles in later in the year. He's super fun. Um, and just, I mean, one of the most enjoyable people in football. Talk about going from Whitfield to Pendles. Um, <laughs> that's that's actually turned my mood around. I'm smiling now. So um, the next one to talk about is Sicily. This guy um, is finding ways, even with a bad second half. And I, I say bad, it was obviously good, but a bad second half, for super coach, what should have been bad second half, he popped off. He scored so many points in that second half with intercept marks. Uh, the game was on the line. Obviously, he pulled out a one thirteen. He's only had one sub time this year. Um, I'm still super worried about his durability. Um, I'm not worried about his scoring potential, but as per my preseason notes, I wasn't worried about that anyway. Um, just coming off of an ACL. Look, uh, the first couple of months, I was always sure we're going to hurt watching him. Um, it, it's just whether he gets to 22, how how he gets to 22. Maybe he slows down as the year goes along. And I know it's very speculative and you and your statistics are probably just going to throw this back in my face. But this is more of a gut feeling decision for me. And you either feel good about Sicily or you feel bad about him. And I feel bad about him. Um, but I wouldn't talk someone feeling good about him off of trading him in sort of thing. Whew, where do I start with this? Um, firstly... I think we agree that he's outscoring still more than we thought he was going to score. Like even when we said like his scoring potential yeah, would be fine, I, he's scoring better than we I thought. thought. One, I thought ninety-five to about one hundred and two. Yeah, I'm being like ultra specific, but yeah, like this is a very solid year that he's put together. One hundred and seven average, but only that he has one score below one hundred and five. So he's definitely you know outscoring the one hundred and two average we probably pegged for him. Um, this season I think Sicily he looks well firstly he basically didn't score in the first quarter he, he's ended up scoring 111 points in three quarters um, I yep. think he was on two at, at quarter time just kind of goes to show that these intercept players um, are able to score points really quickly and especially when the game's on the line I think he took two marks in I think it was the third or fourth quarter or the end of the third quarter where he went kick to kick with somebody on the the wing and he got like 30-something points. And I was like, all right, well, you know, pretty much gains a whole point's worth of, a whole quarter's worth of points in right like, there. like yeah. two minutes. Um, he's also someone that's taken, I guess, a split of kick-ins as well. He's taking like 30, 40% of the kick-ins, which seems really solid. I just feel like he's kind of calmer than he's been in previous seasons. He's only giving away one free a game. I don't think he's um, looking as much as a hothead. All of the stuff outside of, you know, injury risk, which we can't really predict, seems really sustainable. Um, I think 105 average is certainly on the cards for him this season. And his price at 532 is probably a little bit underpriced based on his point scoring potential as well. So I think he's a good pick, but I'm wary that Sinclair's a better pick and has the same buy as him. And for like 40K more, I feel like I would lean that way. Um, I guess that's what really... There's, there's some problems here with this round 12 buy and defenders 
most of them like Hewitt, Short, um, Sinclair, Sicily, like they all have the same buy. So you've got to be really careful. And I feel like Sicily's the worst out of the four of those, which makes me kind of not want to pick him. And if you're if you want to take a punt on somebody like like Houston or something as well, like they also have the round twelve buy, um, which makes picking someone like Sicily just that a little bit more tricky um, if you have to take the buys into account. Okay. Well, look, you segue to him. I, I had him written down his secretly on my bit of paper, despite not being <laughs> I did not know. discussed pre-podcast. <laughs> um, Dan Houston. Um, he's 505K. No, and it, he looks no. good. No, no. So you, tell me you've watched a port game this year. I've, I've watched many a port games. And um, he looks good. I, I, I can't. I look. I, so this is this is my trauma from last season. Uh, coming back, choosing between Houston and Mills this week. I, I'm like watching Houston, and I'm like, man, Houston looks really good. I'm like, geez, imagine if I got Houston. I'm like, no, nah, I can't get Houston because uh, last year ruined my season. And then I watched the Swans game, and Mills scored 214. And I'm like, god damn it, I'm not. I'm not over that decision. <laughs> Like massively haunted by the two players um, this but. round. But, no, you can't. Like he's he's not. He doesn't have. I don't think he's got 105 plus in him. I think he's really that 95 to 100 lower tier, like tenth overall defender by season's end. Uh, look, look, I, look I, let me just say round just, 12 by. You just can't do it. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me I out. really don't want to hear you out. I'm I'm not going to convince anyone to to, to get Dan Houston. Well, I'm glad we finished he's this conversation. Five hundred and five k. He's got the first buy, as he said. Um, but I'm definitely not ruling out having him in my side. No, um, no, Jamie. only because only because um, this is the most consistent his role has ever been since uh, like the year before he was touted to go into the midfield. Um, not not just the year that I called he'll be playing midfield because he even played midfield the year prior. The year before that, it's been his most consistent year since then. So in the last four seasons, this, this has been his most consistent year. Um, his role is exactly how it should be. His kick to handball ratio is exactly where it should be. Um, and he's averaging over 100. Let me just quickly What's his role? What exactly. He's, he's halfback slash wing. Okay, so that just doesn't uh, and it, seem and like a role that you can have like what, consistently high scores. I mean, he's had three sub-tons with a 93, 83. So wait, let 96. me finish, let me finish, let me finish. He's averaging 108 <sighs> and Port Adelaide a 1 and 5. You're telling me if Port don't turn around their form at all, he, he's, yeah, he's the, not going to improve that There'll be less ball off the halfback. The three sub-tons were 93, 83, 96. I've seen this before. I've been this person. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not saying trade him I in this week. I picked him up at 505. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm not saying trade trade him in this week. I'm saying, <laughs> and I picked him up be, at round six last year. You would be silly to much. rule him out. The parallels. No, I'm, I can't. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a strong no. I'd rather pay for Sicily. And that's- Jake Lloyd is our last player to talk about in oh, defence. Thank God, we've um, and, and he he stinks. He's he's priced at 513k. He's already lost 73k this year. He has a break even of 122, in which he's been touted as a one percent chance to reach. Scores of 102, 104, 76, 105, 71 so far this season. Yet to go over 105 in his five games after COVID. Um, 
first of all, wow, he's going to go to like 570k. It's pretty crazy. 470. Um, yeah. Sorry, for for yeah, 480k. We'll just say um, that's pretty insane. He he's obviously he's got the um, pedigree, but I, I just think he I think he's past it. I think he's gone. He's I look- don't think he's going to be that premium option this year. He's really looking like current day Jake Lloyd um, on my scale of Jake Lloyd's. He, he's yeah that checks out he's not an option eye test wise he gets pretty much all his points from kick-ins i mean he got 71 points and he had six kick-ins that he played on from so you know without those kick-ins or with less kick-ins like the last previous two weeks he only had two kick-ins um he could have been looking at a 50 score i said i think in round one he looks like or round two sorry he looks like he's going to have a 50 score in him this season he they Swans are playing very direct football where they're going straight through the middle. It, they're playing they, good they've football got as well. So many better kicks now in the back line than they've had in seasons past. Campbell is a brilliant kick. Blakey is a great kick. The McCartans can kick the ball as well, where before they had Melican, who they didn't want to kick, so he'd just handball it to Lloyd to do the kicks, which they don't do anymore. Um, he's just lost so much usage. Like they don't use him very much. His points is not going to average you know, 105 plus. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that literally summarizes it pretty well for me. I think he, he sounds like a 95 to a hundred average at best. And until we see sustained form and probably a change in defensive tactics by Sydney, I, I just, I don't think he's going to be in our sides, which a little bit sad. I still haven't owned Lloyd since I traded him in for that 150 about two seasons ago. Um, I literally haven't been able to get him since, and now I don't even want him. So <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty insane how that's worked out. Um, I'm going to go to the midfielders now, Pistol. We, we've been going for about 45 minutes. We kind of need to pick the pace up. Um, I'm going to start with the man that you mentioned earlier, Callum Mills. Um, but look, he, he's not priced as generously as what he was last week. That's for sure. Um, he's 632K. He's got a break even that is like a cash cow. He's 36. Um this I can't even before I even get into any statistics I'm not even going to I cannot trust this guy and his Achilles and as good as his stats are going to look on paper um, and as good as of a purchase as he was at 576k if you did make that purchase now that he is the price that he is um, I think it's point chasing and I think um, with his Achilles, he's maybe one of the most untrustworthy premiums that you could go. Um, and we already have players like Cripps. So he's he's a strong no for me, but uh, look, I'm, I'd be happy for him to put together a full season of work and um, he'll be on my watch list next season. But Achilles are scary, man. They are scary. And like, yeah, 6.30. It's funny how um, at the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about players that have like the potential to be bonkers but people are too scared to trade them in and they might play all games for the rest of the season i think mills kind of fits that category like he's in 1.7 percent of teams he could play every game for the whole season and be really good it's just too scary to pick him even at my rank now i'm still too scared to pick him um i would be taking like an oliver even though he's in a higher percentage of teams um because i just think he's going to outscore mills for the rest of the season We've, we've missed and Oliver doesn't miss games like it's so important no. we've, we've missed the 2-14 two, two score massive score amazing game looks like he's going to be yeah I mean it's, it's funny I, I watch Mills play and 
I feel like he's got another 200 score in him just the way that he plays. Like he accumulates points so quickly. Um, it was genuinely an effortless. It's as effortless as I've seen a 200 plus score. Oh, yeah. I thought Clary's game against Adelaide was better and um, he was just a victim of um, negative scaling late, but he was on for like a 230, 240. But this game from Mills felt like a... A 150 gone wrong. Like yeah. he, just, he just kept on getting the ball and kept on getting points and points and points. And because they they came back so hard in the final quarter, um, he was also getting good scaling, like positive scaling the entire time. And it was just like, wow, he scored what? Like it was kind of unbelievable. It wasn't like he like he obviously had a really big game, but it wasn't like it didn't feel like a 200 game. He had 37 no. because 37 touches, 11 marks five tackles he used the it goal at 91 percent, which is obviously incredible um yeah but usually when someone gets like a 200 and you know 14 point game you would think that they had like you know 45 touches or something like that so um look mills is a star uh i just that achilles makes me so uncomfortable that i, I probably would still now at this price ignore him it makes it probably makes him uncomfortable as well. Um, ben Keys is the next one to quickly chat about. We're going to get a little bit speedier through these guys. Um, 590k break even of 108. He's probably going to stagnate at this price for a little bit because he's had some low tons in there. Um, 110, 106, 129. So um, he, he's look. He's not going to price you out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Is pretty much what I'm saying. Uh, he comes up against GWS this week. A little bit scary. They like tagging players who aren't the best players in the competition, but are the best players on the team for some reason. Um, that's why they left Steele and Clary, but ta- double-teamed Took Miller the week, <laughs> weeks before. Um, bit strange, but look, I think he's probably a tag risk. He's very, very influential. Um, he's easily the most influential player. I think he gets this role. I mean, he keeps this role all season. It is quite clear that he's, he's probably one of the most improved players in the competition. Um, I think he's an Uber. I think he's going to be in and amongst that top 10. Um, I'm just not certain he's going to stay in there, uh, and and I'm not certain that it's the the high. I don't think the highs are as sustainable as the lower tons, if that makes sense. Um, he's had some good tons already this year. Yeah, I think last week was like, yeah, he'll probably go one fifteen, but I don't know if I want to pay five ninety for him still. Um, you know, mm. when you can pay five fifty five k for Petrarca, I mean, we di- we didn't get this five ninety k Oliver that we wanted but you know you've got a 580k took miller who i'd probably be taking over ben keys so yeah the, the value well, to, i there. mean we let's, let's jump into took miller so um someone who's been i think extremely unlucky he got the only tag of the season it seems like um and it was a brutal tag held into a 76 after starting so well then if you got how to tackle for two weeks then he remembered how to tackle but just forgot how to apply them properly and, and started off as a negative 10 um this game against brisbane and as we know with scaling you're just fighting an uphill battle um when you start so low and and it's a blowout uh, uh, yeah and it's a blowout and in like you don't get any goals to sort of spruce it back up it was an unlucky game. I think it's a 120 if he doesn't start with those two or three clangers to start the game off. Um, four his break even is still in the 130. First five minutes. Yeah, four then. Um, his break even is still 130. You can monitor him for another week, but he should be on every non owner's radar. I think he's still going to be an absolutely incredible pick this year. Uh, he's passing the eye test, but yeah, four clangers in the first five minutes, three frees, of which I still think only one of them was there. Uh, it's just hard when you, yeah, that negative scaling right at the beginning of the game really screws you around. Um, I think he's he's still a very good pick and a good buy. At this price, getting an absolute bargain. 
Um, I've got Jack Steele written here. Um, 651K. His break-even is 107. He's going to go higher in, in price before he goes lower. Look, I, I just think if you own him already, which is 29% of teams, which might explain our rank a little bit, um, obviously you've made the right call. He's extremely good as we expected this year. If you don't own him, I, I think you just have to get ready to pay up big time at the at the buy or just hope there's a, a, a moment in which he's not even tagged, but he's just held to a humble couple of smaller tons in a row and he just drops enough for us to sort of reach up to him. Um, I, I don't think anyone should be paying up for him this week. 650k. Um, it's too much. There aren't, there aren't many players that maintain that um, for an entire season. There's probably actually no players that maintain that level for an entire season. So um, look, we'll see him drop a little bit and as soon as he does, trust me, he'll be featured heavily for all the non-owners as, as someone who's a must-buy um, Paddy Cripps is probably affirming to be a must-buy after this week's game. So watch him again. Obviously, make sure that he's recovered from that hamstring injury. He is a goal kicker this year. He's got a break-even of 125. He probably gets close to that against North Melbourne. Um, but he scores 132, 162, 119, 38, which was the in the first quarter, the injury, and 139. Um, they still got a good run going forward. He's still an uber premium, um, and he's only 521k, and is unlikely to be more expensive than that next week, but he'll have a low break-even. So he should be in everyone's um, plans to trade in. There's 58% of the competition, wait, sorry, there's 60% of the competition that don't own him, um, and they should do in about seven days' time. Yep. No, totally with you there. He looks unbelievable. It's funny. Where like can sometimes you look at a player and you're like, oh well they can't kick two goals a game because they're a midfielder and the form Cripps is in, I, he could kick two goals a game. He's he's absolutely sliding them from everywhere. Like he's looking unreal. Yeah, he looks like he's going to have a thirty goal season. It's absolutely. it's really unbelievable. Absolutely, I think he's he's definitely right up there for a thirty goal season this year. And even though he still does herald a little bit of um, injury risk, obviously. Um, with the the niggle, which I think is a good thing because they didn't try and play him on it and it didn't get injured, injured. But like, also it's a little bit scary how precautious they are. But five hundred and twenty k, you're paying for you're paying peanuts for someone who's averaging without the injury like a hundred and twenty five, maybe more. 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 I, I, that, I think he's, he's he'd be pretty much the number one <laughs> scoring player in the game. Yeah, so five hundred twenty k, it is. The biggest bargain you'll pass up if you decide not to get him next week. Um, the next guy on my list, Andy Brayshaw, still priced at a humble 596k, break even of 110 um, after his 104 this week, a couple of subtons after a couple of tags. Um, now the run opens up a little bit, maybe after Geelong, the, the run opens up a lot. Um, North Gold Coast, Collingwood. Um, and then has Melbourne and Brisbane before going Hawthorne, Carlton, Port. Um, I, I guess it's an inconsistent run, but Fremantle look really good this year. Um, he's a big part of that. He's scoring incredibly most weeks that he gets the chance to. The tag still worries me a lot. Um, in both those ninety plus, uh, sub in both those sub tons, um, the tag was dropped at halftime, and he had like seventy points second half. So um, look, they still do affect him, but in in the, the high-scoring, high-ceiling form that he's in, um, there's every chance he's in that top eight midfield. It's funny because Geelong North Gold Coast in his next three games are three teams that have tagged somebody this season. 
So, oh wow! Yeah, potentially wow. he could copper tag every week for the next three weeks. What? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So who who's been North's designated <clears throat> tag? They didn't have they had I think it was a Simpkin I think it was a Simpkin tag in one of the rounds, or it was a uh, Scott. I want to say um, maybe one. One of them yeah. definitely tags this season. So I think they could. Mm, okay. You know, it takes a body, even if even like a Raoul run with, in you know, from a Gold Coast yeah, perspective, yeah, yeah. Um, could really stop his you know free flowing point scoring. So um, I, Brayshaw to me looks like he's going to be you know 115 plus guy. Um, if we're able to get him. A little bit cheaper coming into the buy. I mean, that sounds fantastic. I didn't have a midfield spot for him anymore, but for other people, he definitely seems like a, a, a good buy coming up. Yeah, I, he's definitely one that I've got penciled in. I do still have a midfield spot available for someone like that. Um, so just quickly, Oliver and Truck, we're going to talk about these two guys together. Um, a lot of people got one or the other in last week. Um, first of all, Oliver at 618k. Um, a lot of people are going to be so burnt by the fact that he's not as affordable as we expected after the big score. Um, he is still underpriced. Um, he's still an incredible trade-in. We just two days ago saw what he can do um, and what his ceiling is like. Uh, when does he first Adelaide, actually? <laughs> let, me, let me have a look at that. You're going to have to scroll um, for a little while, round 16. Round 16, okay. That, I mean... <laughs> that, that just speaks for itself. He's a vice captain slash captaincy option, which seemed to be disappearing on us, by the way. Um, You're telling he's, me. <laughs> yeah. He's owned by 31% of teams. It just it just should be more after this game. It should be uh, after this week. It should be 10 to 20% more. Um, if you can afford him, you, you just make it happen. And if you can't afford him, I think you still try and just make it happen. We're going to talk about trade-out options um, a little bit later, but he's incredible. And Petrarca, what did you see from him on the weekend, Pistol? Look... It's it's hard watching Melbourne games when you don't own Gorn. Let me let me start with that one. And when you don't own um, own Oliver, who's putting out a one sixty eight as well. Um, but Petrarca, I think he just had a slow first half. I mean, he looked fine to me. I didn't think it was like a knee problem. At the end of the day, no. twenty five touches and a goal could have been two goals. Should have been two goals. Uh, I think he that was probably a low ton game in him that just went begging. Um, wasn't really too concerned. He didn't. He didn't quite look switched on um, from the get go. So not early. I, no. I wasn't thinking. Oh, you know, this guy's going to score me 120 today. He just kind of didn't look like he had it in him. Um, but I'm hoping next week against Hawthorne, you know, easier opponents could just kind of 
kickstart. Uh, I think that fixture, we mentioned it last week, but Hawthorne, St Kilda, West Coast, North Melbourne. There's a lot of easy beats. Well, I shouldn't say anyone's an easy beat this season because it's all been very even, but easier. But then again, teams. it's it's kind of outweighed by Melbourne are just like easy beating everyone. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, maybe they are all easy beats. That's true. But I do think it looks like a, a big game is coming up for him. Um, I'd rather him in my team than not in my team. He's got to break him with 119, so it's not you're not desperate to get him, but at 555k, like that's so cheap. I mean, it, what, he's had, what, 30 game now sample size of 115 average. It's uh, just so good at, for 555k. The thing that gets me is the, the 119 break even, which will stick around for a couple of weeks with the sub ton now. Um, it, it's, far, it's all well and good to say, like, we can wait a week, we can wait a week. But, like, as we see with Grundy this week, it gets pretty dicey in, uh, in waiting week. He's one big score away from turning that 550k price into a quick 600 um in, in the matter of, in a matter of two weeks so um not to say that you have to jump on him this week obviously it's probably more difficult for people this week than it was last week um but i would be watching closely this week and and looking to jump on next week um definitely he's still in my top seven um ranked midfielders this season for me um despite the 87. So I, I just I just have extremely high hopes for him. I, th- I think he's he's good enough to bounce back and up towards the one twenty plus average for the rest of the year. Um, just lastly, Matty Rao, quickly discuss him. Obviously traded out by a lot of the competition last week, um, averaging ninety three point eight, largely helped by the one fifty seven against West Coast. Uh, so a couple of shocking sixties. He did put together a one hundred three. Um, three shots on goal went begging, by the way. Um, three very gettable shots on goal. Um, this could have been an absolute monster. He now versus Collingwood this week coming up. Um, it's as simple as you're not trading him in, but if you own him, you're definitely not trading him out if you can help it. I think that's the key words there, JB. If, if you want to move somebody on to get Oliver before Oliver becomes out of your reach, even though he's got a breaking of a 66, would you still use Raul to to get there like there are there are players I definitely used before him I would use Cherry before him um, from north I think I would try to keep Rao until um, his buy uh, I think he's just such a useful commodity now and he's such an easy get out of jail free card I don't have enough for steel but at least Rao is within 170k sort of thing yeah um, it, it, I think it, it, culling these guys and um, it's so easy to say now that he's just put together a ton and restored a bit of faith, but culling these guys and, and Will Brody, you just have to be careful because they are going to have the money in them to make a really easy upgrade. And if you don't spend it wisely, um, you could find yourself struggling. And I think I've done this in past season is is try to move these guys on quickly, get, get like a one and a half premiums for, for one big, big rookie. Um, just too many times and then it gets to upgrading to these bigger bigger guys that just don't drop too far in price and I'm like oh now I need to upgrade Josh Ward to Jack Steele and it's just like too big. it's not happening it's happening with like three trades so look I, I think it's it's preferable I, there's players I would just trade before him but if he's your very last option Clary is a absolute must get this week um, under any circumstance so any. it just is what it is <laughs> at that point Okay. Any, absolutely any. I mean, that that seems... Any is a very strong word. I do think he's... Any. 
This is it's not even the problem. Is if you much. don't get Oliver this week, his break even is seventy three, and then he becomes in that same Jack Steele territory where he's six fifty k, and then you kind of just and he's trying to get him shot. after the buy. He's got around fourteen buy. Yeah, and 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 everyone gets their price drop, and he's had it, and it's just it's not a guarantee that he has another big price drop. He yeah. just might hover around six fifty now. Yeah, no, um, it's it's true. I, I think Raul. I, I wouldn't mind trading him out for one of these big guns. Um, the problem is he but, worked but really hard. Gun, no, no, I, I would do. I would do Raul yeah, to Oliver yeah, right. for sure. I just think Raul, he worked really hard for his score. I think like I really. I don't know if that's true. He started working really hard, I should say, at least for his score. I just didn't see. I didn't feel like he's got a 150 in him at this stage. Like it, he, it doesn't he look spread, like anymore. He spread extremely well in that first quarter, better than I've ever seen him spread from a contest. He was getting marks around the ground. I don't know how many since round be, one. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, but um, he was getting marks around the ground. He was he was involved in handball chains um, up the wing. Things that I've never seen from him. He was kicking quite a bit more as well, just from the naked eye. I actually haven't looked at these stats, but um, this is all in the first quarter. When it started to rain, um, he kind of went back into his shell a little bit and became the ball that Gold Coast sort of needed, I guess, because um, he, he's just that guy. Um, I'd like to see what happens if that game stays in nice sunshine. Um, I think he puts together a pretty big score. So He had 20 contested possessions and 13 clearances um, and still only went 103. That's why I feel like he worked really yeah, hard no, for I, it. I, it's I feel it's, like it it's valid. It's bigger, absolutely valid. A bigger thing. He, I don't know what marks he's for him to take because he didn't take a mark for the game. <laughs> but he, uh, I'm certain it took a mark in the first quarter. He didn't. Wow, okay. I'm looking up zero marks. Maybe it was just involvement in hand, probably. handball Probably, and, and he had a lot of handballs. But it, it just seemed like a when you have 13 clearances, 20 contested possessions, that you, you've worked hard. And I feel like 103 is not like a massive reward for how hard he works. That's why I, f- I feel like that was a good game. And it's possible, probably this season, he's had three good games and three bad games. And I don't know what's coming next. And I'd be worried that he's going to just. Against Collingwood, I think game. we can predict what's coming it's next. It's probably but. a good game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good matchup for um, him, to be, to be perfectly yeah, we'll, honest. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think at the very least this week, he's you can hold a hold him. at most costs, with the only stipulation being unless you need him to get to Clary. Which most um, would, given how expensive Clary now is. Oh, it depends if they have Grundy. Um, who we've got to talk about next. True. So Grundy Grundy is our only ruck person written down here because he's probably going to cover all the other bases anyway. Um, he's out for a while. He, he's, a, he's a must trade. You can't hold him. Um, he's out for weeks and weeks and weeks, probably months. Um, I hope it's not the case. I hope it's one of those PCLs that just... It's going to be. Like, it's looks going to be worse, months. but yeah, it's it's probably going to be months. He's just so good for the game. You just hate to see it. Um, luckily, with his big score on the weekend, he only dropped nine k. It would have been disastrous if he did this earlier in the game. Um, he's dropped eighty k overall, five hundred and forty four thousand um, dollars. That that at least gives you options. He's not that much of a jump up to Gorn. He's I mean exactly one hundred and fourteen k. Is it or is that a? Are you going to correct me and say that's one hundred and thirteen point nine? Look, I thought, let's 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 move on. <laughs> okay, um, sorry, I thought I, I thought I best backtrack there. Yeah. Um, that's I mean that's essentially an upgrade. I think that's a very 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 valid trade if you were someone who didn't have Gorn in your side for some reason. Um, no shots there. Just reason. just no yeah. no just 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 putting it out there. The, the um, reason was because I traded him out. <laughs> 
But for, <laughs> for those who do have Gorn, and I'm not just glossing over that, but for those who do have Gorn, um, for me, I think you pretty much have two options. Um, you try to salvage that ruck line um, with either moving Sherry in there or trading him to... I mean, you can't get Darcy on a concussion, but um, trading him to Gorn or... Uh, I mean, there's really not any other premium options around. Um, <laughs> or you, you sort of go down in, to Proust or Hayes, whichever one that you don't have, and distribute the funds uh, amongst your team as best as possible, probably using a trade boost. I like option two more, um, unless you're missing Gorn, in which case I like option one more. What, what, just what are your thoughts? Just talk, talk for a second and see where it gets you. I think that I... So I guess I'll throw a question back at you because it will frame how yep. I answer mine and I also know what I think about it. But if you're choosing this week, then Grundy out and now you're choosing between Oliver and Gorn, who are you taking? Yep. I'm taking Clary. So am I. I, I. I think so. And that means for a lot of people, that means you're not getting Gorn because it's very hard to be able to afford Oliver and Gorn. You'd need approximately 320K in your bank, which I know because I have 333K and 13K left over after my trades. Um, it's just very hard to have that much money in your bank unless you were preparing for a double upgrade like I was already for this week. So... Most people would be trading out, I think, Grundy to a Hayes type and then a, a rookie in that midfield to get up to, to Clary. But JB, if you already who, had Hayes... Who did Hayes, you trade up to Clary, can I just ask? Wait, 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 wait. Let, let's talk about this for a second. Rochelle. Who do you have... Okay. What if you What if you still owned Rao? I don't. And, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. If, you're, if you're anyone else out there, yeah. you still own Rao... And you trade him down to a Greg Clark, for example. And that would essentially give you the money to do the other two trades. Grundy up to Gorn and Rochelle up to... Or even JHF up to Clary. Well, a lot, or, or, if like, you did that, a lot of people are missing Sam Hayes. That's that's the, the tricky part is I don't think... I think the number one trading option this week... We've talked about Oliver yeah. and we've talked about Gorn, but the number one trading option this week is Sam Hayes. What if you have 100K... And you can sub Sherry into the ruck line. I'm still getting Sam Hayes no matter what. He's my number one trading. No, no, as in like you can go Sherry down to Hayes. Well, Sherry down like, to Hayes and then two play, then a Grundy up and another play up. Yeah, yeah if you've got a little break. Like, how creative are you getting to get these two guys in? Because I think Grundy and Oliver are pretty important. Yeah, no, I think I think it's fine. It's just it's hard to tell because people's ruck compositions can be so different because of all the DPP and all the yeah. ruckmen we have available. Um, I think if you don't have Hayes, it's a pretty easy Grundy to Hayes type move. Um, in terms of if you want Hayes on your field or not against Ryder this week, it feels like a bad matchup for a young guy to go up against Ryder, who's like an athletic tap ruckman versus like a not mobile tap ruckman. Um, I think, JB, the biggest question though is if you didn't get Pruce, is it too late now to get Pruce? Now, I'm very strong on this. No, it's not. He's 298K. Again, I'm going to go back to the well on my uh, logic behind O'Driscoll being 160K after back-to-back tons. Um, sorry, after the, the one ton and the sub-appearance in the 40, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, would you pay that for him if it was his starting price? And I think for Pruce, 
if he started this week and had back to sorry started last week two weeks ago and had back to back tons and was priced at 298k i don't think there'd be a single issue it's just people worry about the fact that they've already quote unquote lost 100k to the people who already have him um like i i guess people have 100k more than you but while do you want to make that more priest is going to make a lot of money um he's going to make 150k from this very week onwards um and that's what you're trading into someone who's going to be secure on field and still make you 150k um i think it's an absolute no-brainer if you don't own him can i make a big call like a very big call only if it agrees with the the statement that i just made i think potentially grundy to Pruce is your R2 then for the season. I think Pruce, he's scoring so well, but it's his ruck run coming up that has to be seen to be believed, I guess, outside of Rob this week. He has Geelong, which we know don't have a proper ruck, Carlton, where Pitney's now at, out for 12 weeks, into West Coast, who don't have a ruckman at all, uh, into um, the Big O from Brisbane, into Sherry from North Melbourne, into Tim English, into a Grundyless Collingwood, into a Reeves, into a Sam Hayes, into back into Big O. Wow, they play Brisbane twice in seven weeks. That is incredible. Um, back into now, hopefully, a Pitney if he's recovered or not. Th- this has gone to around 19. Like, this ruck run is actually incredible. <laughs> and then he's got Swans, um, which Hickey you would think would be back. Back in, and then his last three is Essendon, Bulldogs again, and Fremantle. I mean, talk about nearly an optimal ruck run uh, for the rest of the I don't season. Think that, I don't even think that's a big call because I got Grundy, uh, sorry, I got Prusin, and part of the reason why I traded Grundy was like I could already have a keeper sitting on my bench. And there, there's a genuine chance he's, I don't want to say it now, but. Um, let me just pull his scores up real quick just to make myself feel a little bit better about backing you in on this one. 109, 102, and 117. So what felt like a warm-up the first couple of games, he split his ruck time this game just gone and still scored 117. And started on negative have, 10. <laughs> yeah, and had to fly back from negative 10. Uh, like, scored about a million points in the second half. Like, he... You're going to have cover all, all year for his probably eventual one-game suspension times two. Um, with either Hayes or, I mean, a lot of people getting off Sherry. Dixon might just be a hold. Who knows? Like, you're going to have someone playing somewhere that you can get in or English when you come back. I don't know who it is. But there's pro- there's going to be someone that you can cover Proust off with. And there's every chance he averages 110 from now on. And as we can see with the best ruckman in the competition, Max Gorn, averaging 118, that's not that far behind the pack. It's only if Darcy decides to go yeah. bananas again that you might think, wow, okay, i got to get Darcy in. Um, and they're 80K different. Like, you're probably keeping this guy for the season. Even even if, like, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, even if you don't own Grundy, but that's the same situation. Um, yeah, he's, he's probably close to a keeper as long as he stays fit. He could, he's... If he's not a keeper and you want to trade him to a Darcy or a Grundy when he comes back or whatever it might be, uh, he's making you like it's hard to think Bruce won't get to like 500k. Um, yeah, he's just very good. He's a big, big boy, and that's he's exactly what GWS need. Uh, I think to get their season going. Does he make a big, big sound? <laughs> he does um, he makes a big, big sound? And you know what, Flynn was outstanding as well. 
and their combination yeah, really worked good. like really well. So Flynn's just better forward though. Like he, he's just a better forward. He was unbelievable up I forward mean, with his contested Pru- marking. Proust and like they were both. They just both played incredibly well. So yeah. I don't think one's going to get dropped right now, which is kind of a bummer because Proust by himself, I'd feel really confident about being a keeper. But so I, I, he might not be. But like for a chance at him being when it like makes a lot of sense to do Grundy to Proust. Like, why not throw the dice at that? Yeah. Like, it's it's like a very low-risk play, I feel like. You make money, you're going to make more money, might be a keeper. Like, there's so many positives in that move. Um, I think um, with your other trade, I would be boosting this week, by the way. Like, now with this injury, just get Bruce, get Sam Hayes in, and then get a premium in somewhere else. Like, that feels like job done, you know, let's go type stuff. Bruce Hayes and Clary should be in most people's um, thoughts. It's only if you don't own Gorn that you might get a little bit creative. But at the end of the day, um, I, I, like, would you go to a Bruce Hayes R one R two situation Ugh. with Dixon on the bench? I mean, some people might have to um, if you if you can't get to a Gorn. I think um, I'm fine with that. I think I'm okay. Short with term. It. It's probably okay, but it just means How short that term is it going to be? Because you're going to have to get so like much money to get to go on. Someone up, yeah. Uh, it's almost I impossible. mean, the good thing is if Dixon, if Dixon is your R3, um, you might be able to do Brody up in, in a couple of weeks' time. So, look, yeah. it's not it's not all lost. It's pretty much you're, you're just not spending the Brody money on an Uber midfielder, like I was saying. You're getting the midfielder this week and you're spending the Brody money on an Uber ruck, which like... It is what it is. I, think I don't think it's the end of the world. That's an important point though, JB, because I think I've seen quite a few teams deciding instead of buying like a Clayton Oliver type, they want to split the money that they're getting from Grundy and buy like a Dugowie and a Parker, like two lesser premiums. And I think that if you're doing that and now you have to get a Clary and you're going to have to get a Gorn and you're using your boost to get two lesser premiums, I, I feel like I... I understand wanting to accelerate your team and get more premiums on, but it also feels like a quality over quantity type situation yep. and, and if i'm using my boost i really want to get those top end premiums that i wouldn't otherwise easily be able to get like you'll be able to get a parker what, what if it gets like a down. what if it gets like a roses off field like what if roses is your f6 or uh wards your m8 for some reason what if yeah. it gets one of those guys off field would you do it then Ah, uh, it's a hard question. Probably not. On- only because of Greg Clark coming through. I think we've got enough midfielders between Canelio and Brody and Nick Martin and Sherry. I think most people have all four of those. Even if you have three, your forward line's probably okay. You might have to play a Roses this week, and then when Greg Clark comes in, you might have a DPP in the midfield and be able to cover um, your forwards. It just feels like Greg Clark, who we wanted to start at the beginning of the season, he's seemingly going to be you know he's a mature age midfielder is usually super coach gold and at this time if i'm taking a complete punt i feel like i'd be comfortable with him at m8 on my field and and pushing you know those d6 and f6 players you know to premiums or i guess switching around your rookies so that there's non-rookies in those positions um i think that's where you're you're bound to get more point scoring potential on your field so that that's kind of how i'm planning my next two weeks is to get greg clark kind of in that spot we will talk a little bit about him later as well versus the other downgrade options he's definitely my plans for next week fortunately though i don't have to get him um this week coming so 
Um, did you have anything else to touch on in the in the ruck situation? I, I think we pretty much covered the the bases there. Um, it's obviously going to be team dependent. Um, I think that's really important because like people just have some outrageous swings and loops going on because of the the DPP additions this year, um, which I think is by the way just such such a breath like, what, what, like fresh breath of fresh air change. Yeah, breath of fresh air. Yeah, sure, that's, that's what right. I was looking for. That's um, I it, got I got one wrong earlier with the. I can't remember right, what they said. Sausages? You probably got a couple. Frying of the sausages? No, I don't even remember what no, they no, said. No, no, no. You said like ideas are like... I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, it, essentially, like, thank God for the DPP changes because I've just given us so many swings. Um, and people in turn have unique, not teams, like I think a lot of the teams are similar, but they have unique setups and, and like doing things could get certain rookies off field or um so i think we covered it all essentially with greg clark coming i don't think the rookie situation is as important as getting an uber i i also agree i don't think i'd split grundy into two um premiums because the money is just like the cash gen looks fine for a lot of people but it doesn't look invincible and it's drying up very soon which we're going to talk about a bit later as well so um, just keep it all in mind. Get an Uber while you can. You, you don't usually get these opportunities. And it's like what we said with Dangerfield when he got suspended early last year. Um, it gives a good opportunity to pivot to someone that you've missed out on and you don't even have to pay that much to get there. So um, super unique opportunity. I, I would just make that happen with, with Clary and then um, secondly with, with Gorn if um, if like you already have Clary or something like that. So huh, that was that was a bit of a mouthful. I think that covers the rock situation. Um we're going to talk a little bit about forwards real quick and then uh, quickly about the um, the rookies and the captaincy options. Then we're going to jump off. So the forwards that I've got written down here, um, firstly, Luke Parker. So it, I think, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, team high CBAs for the week? He, yeah, played heaps in the midfield. I think um, this was a game that really stood out to me as one where I was like, oh, Luke Parker is just playing in the midfield today, 75%, um, which was the highest by quite a bit in his side, um, his second highest for the season. It it kind of looked to me like there's a inverse proportion with Florent, like their totals of CBAs almost always add up to 100%, um, which is interesting. So Florent only got 14% CBAs, which was his season low. Um it's something to keep an eye on when you know Papley returns and how that affects the team composition. But to be honest, uh, Swans were losing badly. Like they did not look like they were going to win, and they needed someone to win them the game. And when the game was on the line, and they needed to throw the grunt in the midfield, they relied on Parker. Like Parker, they obviously bought on JPK, came in, and these guys, like JPK, had barely played in the midfield for the entire season, and the game was on the line. They're like, you know what, Parker, you're in the middle. JPK, you're in the middle, and they won them the game. So that makes me feel pretty good about him as a, a forward, you know, op- upgrade option throughout, you know, to buy in the next couple of weeks. I I think despite his low break even this week, I don't think I learned enough about him to be jumping on this week. Um, I think I'm happy to concede that he's gonna he's gonna rise about 20k um, to about 495, and still accept that that's cheap enough. Um, watching for another week and and probably jump on next week um, if possible. So uh, that, I don't know if that's just me, but I'm I'm still a little bit skeptical. By the way, I, I've just noticed he actually dropped 15k at his first price change with the 167 in his three round average. 
Oh yeah, he had put out some stinkers. I, I think against Brisbane only, this week. Only, he had a seventy three and a seventy six after that. Like they won't even he didn't even he saved the thirty nine until round four. Mm. A fifteen K drop with a one sixty seven in your price. Like he, he wasn't even six hundred K. That's pretty crazy. I don't know <laughs> if I've seen that. He he's playing Brisbane this week, which I don't think is a very good matchup. So I agree that even though his break even is seventy three, I wouldn't be expecting a big score anyway. So I'm not like desperate to trade him in. Yeah, the run after that is pretty good with Gold Coast, yeah. Essendon, Carlton, Richmond. All should be very that, competitive That's when games. I'm looking to get him. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely the same. So um, at least good signs. Jordan Dugowie had, if you watched the game and didn't play super coach, you would be thinking he had a monster. Um, unfortunately, due to his turnovers uh, and clangers, he was just a little bit too inefficient to put together a good score. Still savage to 76. I think he was very, very nearly best on ground if he had tidy possession. Um, still has the role, plays Gold Coast and Richmond in his next two. Um, I think he is an absolute lock for top six forwards. Um, he looks brilliant. I'm looking to get him in um, pretty much as soon as possible, but his break even is still 78. He's priced adequately. Um, it is 125 is going to drop out of his three round next week. Um, I think he's okay to wait on for a couple of weeks, but he's one that I've definitely got my eye on. Uh, if I owned him as well, would not be stressed in the slightest about that 70. Like he should have gone bananas. He had 11 clangers for the game, which is not sustainable. That is a lot of points lost. I... That could be the most for the season. No, that's a was, lot of clangers. There was someone the other week um, who had 13. I just can't remember who it was. Um, there's a lot of good signs that I see Probably for Dugowie. Oh, yeah, don't remind me. Um, 87%. <laughs> CBAs, which are coming off an 88 last week, it's just really high. Like, he's basically a full time midfielder for Collingwood. 27 touches. I know 11 clangers is bad, but all those signs are really, really positive. I, I totally agree with you that um, I think he's going to be right up there, that borderline top six, probably on the inside of it, um, which makes him an excellent pick. And because of this 76, his price is just going to hover, you know, this 480k mark. So you get, get to kind of pick him up whenever you want to grab him. I mean, Gold Coast is a good matchup this week. If you happen to want to get him this week, I do think he'll um, score really well. It's just, you can, across the next you know four weeks, you can kind of pick when's the best time to grab him and put him in your team. But I'd be looking to add him and Parker into my side you know, in the next month. Yeah, and the only thing that's sort of scaring me off of that, or off of not being able to do that, um, is needing defensive upgrades yes. before I need forward <laughs> upgrades. So it's going to be kind of annoying, but that's that's something for next podcast. Um, look, I've got three more fools to quickly touch on. I'm quickly going to touch on Sherry. Um, just say that I don't think... Uh, there's been a, a lot of whispers about, like, obviously, CCJ's been dominating in um, the VFL. If anything, I think Sherry survives at, at least a week with the three big men set up. Um, if he does, if he is on the verge of being dropped per se, um, but I think if he's fit, he's playing. Um, he's obviously their future, and um, I think they'd rather play all three than... Uh, uh, CCJ is clearly third on their list of priorities, I think, right now. Yeah. Um, next year, he'll be number two on the list because Goldie will be out and Sherry will be first ruck, but I just don't know what productivity they gain by by just dropping Sherry um, after like two weeks of just subpar form a, a week in there which like they just couldn't stem the bleeding on his eye like he, he had a fine game not super coach related um but essentially we really only need him for one more week he's got a pretty low break even 
um, of 30. He should raise about 50, sorry, 25K with a with a nice 80 plus score. Um, then it's pretty much just as to whether you need to get him out of your squad or if you want to, um, what other things you have going on with your team, what the money does for you. Um, like he, he just becomes like a, not a, what's the, what like I'm thinking, like just case by case instance of whether you keep or whether you, you trade. Um, but I don't think he gets dropped this week. Interesting. Um, I do think he gets dropped this week. More so because wow. it would be ultimate super coach carnage to lose Grundy and like Sherry in the same week. So people like can't cover and like for the ultimate troll. Um, that's what I'm going to go on. Like the chaos timeline is the most likely timeline. So I would love mm, to have him for one more dark. week. <laughs> it is, it's the darkest timeline, Jimmy. Um, I would love for him to have one more week of 30k price ride because I, I desperately need that money um, so that I can fix my d6 next week but it might not happen so yeah we'll have to wait and see how that one goes Zach Butters is the next one on my list here 58 copped another knock um, <laughs> and needed a head in the first like two seconds um, <laughs> straight away <laughs> super frustrating <laughs> Uh, I, I just think if he gets through the first five minutes of the game, he's <laughs> fine for a 120 plus, but he's just not done it much. Um, look, I have no concerns. His role is absolutely perfect, um, especially since Gray came back into the side. Um, zero concerns whatsoever. If Port keep playing the way they do, he's going to be on the end of more 120 pluses than he is um, on, on sub 70s. It's just kind of frustrating. <laughs> But it's like you know what he's going to be. You know he's going to average ninety-five plus for the season. It just might be a little bit annoying to get there. But um, look, he he's owned by mostly everyone. He's keeping his price low for those who don't own him. They could probably just get him at their buy. Uh, get him at his buy at like probably his starting price, which is a little bit annoying. But like he, he's going to have a couple of ups and down, downs. But he's definitely an Uber. Definitely a top six forward for it's me. It's funny because he's averaging ninety-two, which is like not that bad at all. But we're all really annoyed because he's had three sub sixty scores already. It's yeah, just he's got yeah. like this massive ceiling, so he keeps making up for it. So I do think he's a good buy now, which is pretty funny. Four hundred thirty nine k. But man, like this is not going to be the last time this happens throughout the season. He attacks no, the ball. <laughs> he attacks the ball with his whole body. He like throws himself at it into every contest. He's so hard at it that he's just going to cop these things throughout the season, which kind of makes it really annoying to own as long as he doesn't miss games i'm happy but i i am going to be worried that like something bad's going to happen just because he does not care if he gets hurt or not he just is all in on every contest the last forward i have here to talk about is his teammate connor rosie um priced at about 400k has a very low break even after a 91 followed up by a 153. The 91 was mostly in a half against Carlton as he got moved to the midfield. Stayed in the midfield this week. Um, obviously showed that he belongs. Um, he's clearly a better midfielder than a forward. It's just what works, I guess, for our forward slash midfield dynamic. In an ideal world, it just works for him to be in there. I think in that very role, he goes 90+. plus. Um, I just can't trust him. I can't trust Ken. Um, I can't trust any of it as far as I can throw it. We are one injured forward, even for a short stint, or out of form, motlop. And like it's one forward down from him going back to just 
even if it's not entirely bad roll, just a much worse split. And and that just might result in that high variance coming in again. So look, I think he's an absolute impossible buy um, with any confidence. So um, look, I'd love for him to be a nice cheap option, but you cannot guarantee me he has that role for even the next fortnight. Yeah. On, on the flip side, a couple of po- positives, I think. Firstly, what sort of salesman says 400K when you can save 399,000? I'm not trying to sell them, that's why. <laughs> I can see that. Otherwise, that would have been the first thing I said. For under 400,000, that makes it seem like a real bargain uh, <laughs> there. But look, you've got a guy where he scored 60 points in the second half against Carlton, where he had 10 CBAs, which is the most for Port Adelaide. So it's yep. fully in the midfield. He'd barely gotten the CBA to that point of the season, by the way. Um, I think he'd only had two. Yeah, and then and then now, um, this week, he had 19 of 23 CBAs. So he had the equal most with Ollie Wines for Port Adelaide. Um, he was a full-time midfielder, otherwise he was on the bench. He's got 150 super coach points. I just find it very unlikely that somebody of his caliber playing as a full-time midfielder would only go 90 flat. Like he he feels like he's like a hundred plus. No, I, 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 I said ninety five plus in this role. I I would feel like he's a hundred plus in this role, and not just that. He's would literally so seeing Butters, who is touted to be better and a better midfielder, go ninety two right now. Yeah, but he's also been injured three games out of six. So it's well, Connor Connor Rosier's had foot injuries injuries his entire career. And how many injuries it's, has he got this season? <laughs> That's because he's been playing as a forward. Well, he's playing uh, as if a he gets midfielder. the wear and tear in the midfield. Let's if if he goes, if he's able to play in the midfield, and the, the if is for the rest of the season, because Port season's on the line, and you need to win games, and he looks amazing when he's in the midfield. I'd be surprised if he went sub hundred because he's just that good of a midfielder. And if you can get someone who could go, you know, hundred plus at his price, it feels like a, a very, you know, shrewd. Selection. I mean, Parker is seventy k more, and I have more faith in Rosie's scoring potential than Parker's. Both you playing an equal not. role, playing an you equal role. You do not have more faith in Parker. That, that is an absolute no, lie. no. I had, no more faith in Rosie to score better playing as a full time midfielder over Parker's hybrid forward midfielder role. Okay, right. but the problem is <laughs> Rosie. I don't know if he's guaranteed to play as a full time midfielder. I'm telling you, he's not guaranteed. <laughs> That's the for that. problem. I know that's the problem. That's why I'm trying to talk him down. But now you're being a salesman. Uh, if if you are 50K, 40K, what if you're 41,000? Because now it doesn't include me. Would you be saying, why not? I, I need to replay you the start of the podcast. <laughs> Trading in guys that you think might average well, but have a high chance of still averaging poorly at some point is it is not how you high? catch up in rank. That's how you lose rank. It is that high because he's never played as a full-time midfielder for more than five games. Yeah, it's a, it's a big risk. It's a good discussion. Ken, Ken literally did not know what to do with the best kick in the AFL as touted by teammates and coaches, Dan Houston. So he put him as a half-forward flank slash midfielder for two years. It's, it's a bit worrying. I... I it's also worrying because you don't know what's going to happen with Ken. Like, if Ken goes next week... No, no, no. We're, we're waiting for Clarko next year. It's all good. Okay. Well, if, if Ken goes next week, uh, you don't know what's going to happen to their midfield mix. So, there's just a lot of question marks 
up there that make too it a many. little bit scary. Arguably far too many. However, this is, I think, the last week that you could take a punt because his break-even's negative 13. All right, what about in three weeks when he's clearly the number one midfielder and he's averaging like 116? Well, you probably take a punt not, then. I don't know if I'm paying 470 for him when he's got the round 12 buy. Like that buy is no, not I good for me. I don't know if me. you're not doing that. I'm not sure. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to move really on. not sure. I Yeah. It's a good, I, I, it's a good I just one. think he's far too risky. But if you are that type of player, then like he is probably the perfect trade in for that type of player. If you're if you're a risky like risk adverse player, if you like the risk, um, yep. yeah. So we're going to quickly talk about rookies um, who to trade in and out. I suppose we've discussed it a little bit so far. Um, first, we're trading in Roses, Hobbs, Hayes, and Callahan are the four options this week. I'm going to start this by saying Hobbs is not an option. Okay. I, I think it, it'd be extremely unlikely for him to get named for another game. And it's probably only the case if Parrish uh, is out this week with that ankle complaint, which I think is also doubtful to happen. And if he does, he's still the first guy out the very next week. So um, don't think he has the scoring potential or job security and an elevated price. I'm sorry if you went early on him. I do not think he's a good selection. Um, second, Callahan. At his elevated price, um, I just don't think... And by the way, he plays for GWS. I don't even know if I need to explain it any further. Um, at his elevated price, I think he could... He's obviously the best player in, in this little bracket. He's but, so good. Um, like, he's he's really very good. good. He's very good. But you can't trust either his job security, his role, um, or his scoring potential. His scoring potential is probably the best of those three things. Um, but there's just too much water to go under the bridge He's ele- if he was 123k I'd probably be all over it yeah. um, but just the elevator price makes it extremely difficult so um, I'm, I'm crossing him off as well Pistol yeah look I, I do think this guy has got potential to go like you know 65 plus um, agreed he's really good and he's going to be a really good footballer but GWS who knows what role he's going to get week to week it's too hard to trust and at 198k when you're buying them during the season when they have job security risk just doesn't feel like a good deal to me so next is roses and i i'll be pretty surprised if he's not back this week 73.5 average 130k i think roses is the clear second best option to downgrade to this week um i think he's got he's going to have job security at least for a few weeks there um he's just good he's had a good preseason. um he's had good uh, vfl form and he's come in and he's already had good afl form so um look i don't know how many signs you need to sort of convince you that he's just a decent footballer um i don't think he's the safest pick i don't think he has the best job security or scoring potential um but i think they're all very very like formidable to the point where he's absolutely fine if you if you need a second downgrade option. And yes, I'm taking him over Greg Clark um, as a debutant. I actually am really stoked that he missed the Brisbane game because that was the worry game for me where I thought if Brisbane smash Gold Coast, you know, small forward who might not kick a goal could be, you know, the first one out the door. But now he's missed that. They lost anyway. He's going to come back in. Now he's got a good run to come into, you know, against Collingwood. Um, this could not have really worked out better for him and I'm I'll be hopping on this week I think he's uh, going to get an extended run in that Gold Coast side now fingers crossed and that will do me with that extra cash gen 
Perfect. Um, lastly, Hayes, uh, absolute lock. If you don't get Hayes in this week, then you, I mean you don't have any excuses because Grundy's not out now. So you don't even have the Gorn Grundy Priest trio. Um, absolute must purchase. He's going to make three hundred and fifty k this year. Oof, that's a that's a lot of money um, to get. JB, there's some other rookies that played this week. Um, we have Oliver Dempsey for uh, Geelong, who looked quite lively, but I'm not sure on that mm-hmm. job security is a small forward for for Geelong. And uh, we have Paul Curtis as well um, for North Melbourne. Now he looked really good, even though he didn't kick a goal. I think it was zero goals, three. And, Scored fifty-seven points. So they they both debuted over, over the weekend. Yes. They? So they're they're the ones looking at the future. The reason I want to make note of it is they're both forward only. One hundred seventeen k for Paul Curtis, one hundred two k for Dempsey. Um, that's kind of alarm bells for me because if they're the only options in the future and they're both in the forward line, that means that our cash gen across other positions becomes you know seemingly a lot more difficult. We had Robbie McComb. 102k in the midfield. I'm not sure he's even going to get it to a third game. No, he's not going to survive. We'll have to wait and see. And Greg Clark, we've been talking up and pumping up. He will, uh, I'd say definitely, he's going to get an extended run in that West Coast team. So he's the only other guy that I'm like, yep, lock him away. I think Paul Curtis is probably someone that I think will get a decent run just because he looked really good and he's looked good in the VFL. And I just don't think he's going to be a great cash cow because, you know, North Melbourne small forward. Um, if that's truly the case, if you don't get Roses and Hayes this week, uh, the cash gen suddenly dries up very, very quickly when you're just yeah, relying on It becomes on very dire. It just means you um, might want to have some forward thinking and planning on how your team's going to look in the next couple of weeks. I mean, if you're wondering whether you should boost to take advantage of Roses this week, um, for ex- as the an example, yes. uh, I think the answer is yes because when we're just not going to have the options in the coming weeks to be able to get. And there's genuinely going to be discussion on whether Clark is a better option than going on Curtis or Dempsey next week. Correct. So um, it kind of summarizes the the options. So definitely, absolutely, plan ahead. Um, and, and I should I say, don't... JB, sorry for cutting you off. This yes. this is why when I said at the beginning of the podcast, the strategy of using my trade boosts now because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. There might not be a round where there is a need to trade boost because we don't have the rookies. Like there might not yeah. be an option. So yeah, absolutely. That, that's why I, you know, take one now and hope basically and pray that it's just becomes chaotic for others who are saving it for a rainy day. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. All right. No, 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 you're a good, I can't remember what Something I was saying, about but it wasn't important. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Something about Clark. He, he, he looks good. Hopefully, he's, he's as good as he's promised to be. Um, we're going to jump into just guys to jump off of this week. I think there's been a lot of... Um, there's definitely been a lot of DMs to me. I think the obvious guys, uh, JHF, uh, Rochelle is being spoken about as well. McCartan is another one. He gets a bit of a run in my uh, DMs too. And then um, the obvious ones like you know Jack Hayes from uh, St. Kilda. Uh, and then people people sort of discuss whether it's okay to cash in Dixon or, or something like that and um, award um, players like that. So just to quickly summarize, um, I think any of those guys that I mentioned are fine to trade out. I think JHF, Rochelle, McCartan, Hayes, um, and to, like I, I wouldn't, I think Ward and Dixon are keeps at this point with those other four there. Yeah. Um, I think all four of those are, are tradable. It depends on your structure. It depends on, 
Um, like obviously, McCartan's not going to lose any money this week. He's probably the best one to hold. Uh, and if he comes back next week, he he's arguably still a decent hold for the, the coming couple of rounds following. Um, but you'd have to wait for that 44 to go out of his three round, which is a little bit annoying. Very um, annoying. <laughs> JHF and Rochelle, um, both of them are going to have high break-evens in the coming weeks. Rochelle's um, But now, neither yeah. of them are... Yeah, neither of them are going to lose enough money where it's really going to, like, it's not going to kill you to hold on. Um, and both of them have high enough variance that you can trust eventually they're, they're going to find their way back to this current price or even higher. Um, I think both of them um, at some point in the season go higher than where they are, but they're both absolutely easy trade-outs um, if you need the money, wherever you need the money. Um, if you had to trade JHF and keep Rochelle for a week, I think that's fine. Um, if you were able to trade Rochelle over JHF, I think that's preferred. But essentially, we're all moving Hayes to Hayes, and then the other guy um, is one of those three that I spoke about, sort of thing. If I mean, even if you had to trade McCartan for some reason, <laughs> and you could hold, and you held JHF for Rochelle, I mean, I think that's weird that you'd even be doing that because who are you? I mean, maybe you've got Dacos in the midfield still, and you you need that defensive cover this week. But um, essentially, that is also fine. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I do think JHF is probably a better hold than what people are giving credit for. They see the 83 break-even. It's much like Dacos where you, you kind of see a high break-even. He's got an 80 and you just think, well, yeah. there's no point because he's going to hover at this price at least for a while. If, if JHF scores a 72, for example, this week in his projection, his break, he'll drop 5K, but his break-even next week becomes 47 and then he'll make 10, yeah. 10k yeah. the following week. So I'm thinking, you know, he's got Carlton, and I'm personally not in desperate need to trade him to get to Oliver, so he's not like a must-trade-out or I'm going to lose a bunch of money, whereas I kind of feel like Rochelle is more of a... He could put out another 40, and once you put out, you know, three 40s in a row, you drop, he's going to, he'll drop 15k, and then his break-even will be really high, and you might drop another 15k, and all that money is accumulated can go away until he pops out another big score. I, I kind of want to jump... I want to interject a little go bit. For it. Um, they've got GWS this week. Um, look, he's very, very capable of popping out 40s, as we've seen. He's yeah. very capable of turning up as well, as we've seen. Um, I think JHF is easily the better hold. I'm not even trying to argue that. Um, but I don't think Rochelle is like a dire hold. Um, I think he's he's... Every week that he plays, he's closer to his next ton. Um, which is going to sound, I guess, pretty basic, but um, he, he it, all I'm saying is the ceiling hasn't completely disappeared for no reason. Um, he will turn up again, if I were to predict it, three more times this season um, and at least one more time before the buy. So like just basic variance and probability, he's, he's going to be around this price at some other point. So like I'm not scrambling to get rid of him this week. I'd like to get rid of him next week, especially if he doesn't do well against GWS. But um, I would prefer to get rid of him this week as well, but it just doesn't work out for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not stressing over having Rochelle on my bench for an extra couple of weeks. If Sherry is dropped and we don't get that, we need that one more game for him to make 30K, which is quite significant. If he's yep. dropped, would you trade him? It de- that's going to depend on a lot of structures. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have Dixon and Roses on the bench this week. Um, you kind of need both of those guys to be named. Um, at the very least, you desperately need Roses to be named. But um, if both are named, you can at least use Sherry to loop them, um, which I think is just an extra bit of security. But I don't think either of them are like 
ideal on-field options. So um, I think I would try my best to hold him for an extra week, but um, I wouldn't be making any promises to him because you'd need a little bit to go your way to be confident that you're still going to get like a 40-plus a score on your field for him. And Durden has a break-even of 60 but plays North Melbourne. Um, does he become a <laughs> must-trade-out after his score of 14? Uh, it's... It's not a must-trade. I mean, hopefully he doesn't get dropped, but um, I don't think he's a must-trade. He, he's just, like, annoying now. Um, you'd almost rather keep him at F8 until he works that 14 out of the break-even uh, and, and makes a little bit more money. He's a good player. I don't know. I don't understand how he plays a full game for a 14. I didn't watch the game, so probably helps as to why I can't understand he, it. He, but didn't, he just didn't touch a ball, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll do it. That'll that'll do it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think you'd almost prefer to just give him a, another fortnight and hope that he's not dropped in that time and he can bring it back. He's capable of 70s. So, like, you know, if he, if he gets a 70 and a, and a 52, then all of a sudden he's got a, a closer to a negative break even again. So Ugh, It's just painful, especially just if we've got... Durden, Roses, and Dixon, for example, it means one of them's on field, which is like far that, from... See, that is tricky. Um, that I would be... I don't know. It's so hard to advise on this, but with your Grundy trades, I'd be... Because this is what I did on Friday. I made sure I wasn't in that position. Um, try and DPP your way into um, one of those boys being off field. Like, try and get Martin to your F6 or, or uh, whoever it is around that, around that point. But... Um, like I think a lot of us, are JB, little... are like, all right, we'll get McCartan to our F6. Oh, McCartan's not playing. Oh, well, we're screwed. Nah. <laughs> like, it, it's going to be one of I those did, things. I did say Martin there, by the way, just double check. McCart- no, yeah, I'm saying McCartan. Um, yeah, right, but right. Um, it just yeah, means it's, that it's going to be unfortunate. We can't fix it till next week until Greg Clark yeah. plays and we can do some DPP swings. So I think a lot of yeah, us will be suffering uh, this round. It might be a one and done um, just this week. Obviously, yep. we didn't really talk about Jackson Hayes. He's an obvious trade-out. So um, that's <laughs> that's the rookies. <laughs> I'm going to say Jackson until... I mean, I'm, uh, do you know what? I just realized this is the last time I'm going to say Jackson Hayes on the podcast because the poor bloke is, is, is out for obviously 11 to 12 months. That is so sad. I, I'm so sad. glad St. Kilda got around him and, and gave him that contract. I knew they would as well. They're such a classy club. Um, it's deba- I feel so bad for, for Hayes. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm in SA, so I don't know the ins and outs, but I, I like St. Kilda from the outside looking in, and, and I'm really glad they looked after him because he's absolutely deserving. Um, anyway, we got some captaincy options to look at, and then we're done. So... The first game uh, that sort of catches my eye in terms of captaincy options is Melbourne versus Hawthorne, which is a 4-5 game on Saturday. Um, you essentially need an Owens. Um, You've got a McCartan. For for ev- everyone can kind yeah, of look with actually, McCartan, right? correct. Yeah, you probably got McCartan. Um, by the way, if you've got McCartan, SDK, and Gibkiss, please loop them because that, that will work early days. Well, so you can have, see what SDK scores. If you have Perez instead of Gibkiss. Sorry, you can see what <laughs> um, I mean, still loop them because uh, I suppose SDK could score like thirty. But how is Perez playing um, fully? They have all these like backline outs, and then Perez just plays the entire game on the weak side wing. I, don't know, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> just like didn't happen um, at, as expected at all. Just, just not optimal, I guess. <laughs> that's um, interesting. Let's hope he holds his but spot. Yeah. So <laughs> any Melbourne player, probably besides Petrarca, that you want a VC for this one, either Clary oh, or absolutely. Any of them um, <laughs> is is easy, um, very very easy VC. 
Uh, and then the captaincy, I guess, I would not, by the way, I'm going to say this for the entire rest of the year, do not straight captain Cripps. He, he's an absolutely perfect VC option. Please do not straight captain him. Um, he's got North Melbourne, um, but you'd be bypassing the Melbourne VC option there to take that VC option. Um, and then, I mean, we've got some decent fixtures. I don't like Neil against Sydney. They're a very restrictive team. I've said that all year. But anyone against the uh, against Essendon, they do seem to... Um, how's, how like can I say that their midfield is... Like, they're not one-way runners. They're plenty defensive, but they're better offensive. So they sort of back themselves in more. Not to say that they're not defensive, but like... I just think they're more prone to midfield scoring well against them. I think McRae, obviously, for a bounce back against mm. uh, Essendon is super easy. Yeah, I think um, watching Parrish have 44 touches against Collingwood makes me lick my lips thinking of Took Miller and how Took, he's going to yeah. go. That's very true. Yeah, he's probably in for a big one as well. So, yeah, look, most of my midfield, I'm looking at these fixtures, seem to have favorable midfield battles this week go, so go I, i'm hoping i have VC. a big week I'm, you're getting my hopes up already um my, my whole week's going to come down to the, the saturday arvo match with whitfield again i think go on or clary vc are you going oh it's if re depends if reeves lynch just flat out beat gone when collingwood played them and they played against each other so i don't, don't know if you're thinking uh if lynch is like an easy beat but he he beat gone when collingwood got over melbourne um, last in Buckley's last game in Sydney. So I don't know if I'd, I'm going to go there, but I think Oliver is looking pretty pretty fine with the VC. Then again, I've got all my captaincies wrong for the entire season. So that's probably I think, not following. I think it would take a lot to, to pry the VC off of Gorn for me. Um, he looks in elite form. He should have gone 140 again if it weren't for a quieter last quarter, but he just looks like an easy 120 plus, and I'm taking 120 pluses this year because... Scoring is straight whack. I haven't even got a one twenty plus, so I can't. I don't have wow. nothing to I've... take. I think I'm going to straight Captain Cripps. <laughs> Just after yeah, you said, it, don't do it. It, seem, it seems <laughs> bad. I I don't mind if people want to bypass Melbourne for a Cripps VC. I honestly don't mind it. Uh, there's so many good options. This is exciting. Cripps Cripps into McRae is or I mean Took if you're a bit ballsier, but Cripps into McRae I think is a, going to be very profitable. But I'm not going away from Gorn until he he shows me or gives me reasons to. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, nice. Very exciting. Good. Awesome. We're going to have a good round. I can't wait to jump on next week and be talking about our fat green arrows that we, we got onto because our midfield all have good matchups. Um, and, and I mean, Steel has port, so surely Drew tags him and we don't own him. So, you know, Ooh, looking good. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. All right. No, looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks very much, JB, and for anyone listening Wait, two hours into this podcast. I don't think there's any more topics. Wait, why are you signing out? Well, if you've got another topic. No, no, but I I do the sign outs. All right. Well, you can do the sign outs. We can, we can fire the No, no, go for it. Now. You've already started. Uh, you can find myself at pistol underscore DRSC. You can find S-C- JB oh, at sorry. JB okay. underscore DRSC. You can find yep. Chizo. Hopefully at uh, Chizo underscore DRSE. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> on, yeah. on Twitter. And you can find our main Twitter at Dr underscore SC as well. Uh, so thanks everyone for listening in for, to our podcast. And uh, good luck this week. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 